0: Hi friends, I'm Molly and we're here today with our Relief from Darkness crew where we are continuing our conversations exploring how we can truly be set free from the stuck places in our lives. And we are talking anything ranging from anxiety to depression to eating disorders to nightmares and really everything in between because... Here at No Boundaries, we really do believe that you can be set free from these stuck places. And as you're set free from the stuck places, your brain begins to change. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So this is super exciting, you guys, because for today's session, we're actually going to do things a little bit different. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that our very own brain geek, Dr. Lori Basie. Hey, guys. She comes on with a certain part in the show called The Brain Dump which is my personal favorite, where she breaks down the CPR, C meaning connection, and then P meaning psychoeducation and R being the routine of how to walk out of these stuck places. And a, you know, a lot of people have asked us questions like, can you go into more depth on what is CPR? And can you explain further about practical application? So, we're actually going to take a second and pause from our testimonies and go straight into how to truly walk this out with a little bit more information in your tool belt. So, with that, for today's session, we're going to be talking about how do we know if something's wrong? How do we know that we even need the CPR? How do we even know that we're in a stuck place? Because honestly, you guys, a lot of times we don't even know it until we're right in the middle of it, (laughs) which is a little humorous, but also kind of scary. So with that, Dr. Lori, can you just tell us a little bit about how do we know if something's
1: wrong? Molly, do you know the only thing worse than being a big, hot, dysfunctional mess? Yes, I do. I know this one. Go. Go. It means a a hot, dysfunctional mess in denial. That's exactly right. So you may have been listening to all of these podcasts and thinking, you know, I don't have any of that and and nothing's really wrong with me. Or you might be thinking, oh my gosh, everything is wrong with me. And so I think it's really good before we really jump into the CPR, I want to spend this podcast with Molly and I just dialoguing about how do we know if something's wrong? Mm -hmm. And so... I think about the things that we do just in everyday life. I'll never forget the time that I decided to take flying lessons. And it was a little more intimidating because if I get in my car and I run out of gas, it's not fatal. But if I get into a plane and I run out of gas, then it's fatal. And so it's really, really important that we have a gauge or a meter to determine if something's wrong or if something's not wrong before somebody is in crisis mode. And so I think about as Molly and I are sitting here today, Molly, I'm sore. Yeah, me too, man. And it's been rough. And I don't know about you all during the second half of Corona and the pandemic, but I mean, we were eating and and Molly and I love pickles, but we love pickle chips or we love <laughs> fried pickles dipped in ranch yes. or... Or desserts. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so and then we started wearing stretchy pants. Mm -hmm. And then when I put on real pants, Molly, something's wrong with my dryer, all my stuff shrunk. Are you sure that's the issue? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so how do we know if something's wrong? And so if we're gaining weight, I mean, there's that little thing that you step on, (laughs) on the floor, I've got other names for it, but we won't go there right now. (laughs) But the scale and and it's really clear. If If the numbers are off and so I think about people that come and that we interact with on a daily basis, whether it be people that are in really hard places or whether it be people uh, just in our in our environment or the places that we go. But there's a lot of people that that their plane is crashing, so to speak, and they come and they see us and it's a total disaster. And there's lots and lots of horror and heartache and pain and and just a whole level of destruction in the wake of something being terribly wrong. And many, many people want to know, well, then how do I know if something's wrong before the plane is actually going down? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think it would be really, really good to talk about today. And so Molly, I'm thinking about people that really want to follow Christ and, and people are all at all different levels. And so I guess the question is, if you want to identify if something's wrong, then do you really want to do something about it? Do you really want to know what the standard is? And I'm not so sure in today's society that a lot of people want to follow that kind of standard.
0: Oh, Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, with the body of Christ I and mean, we have to, we hold the standard of the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's probably fair to hold everyone to that. Yeah. And
1: so I think the
0: conversation
1: that Molly and I are having today would be those who truly want to follow Jesus mm-hmm. and truly want to glorify him with your life and really want to do what he says. And so if, if somebody is not in total crisis, they're not suicidal or homicidal or in a path of destruction or out doing illegal activity, then the standard that we can use, there's various standards. And one of them is an anxiety scale. I've got a really good anxiety scale. I've got all kinds of assessments that we could utilize from a therapeutic model. But I think the thing that I want to really focus on is if we know the if something's wrong is the biblical standard. And so the first that I want to bring to us is Philippians 4, 8. And there are things that Philippians four eight talks about that we're allowed to think about, and there are eight things, and those things are things that are true, and right, and lovely, and excellent, and noble, and pure, and admirable, and praiseworthy. And if we're not thinking about those things, then something's wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, do you think that's too high of a standard, or or what would you th- what
0: would you say about Philippians four eight? I think that right now we live in a society and in a culture that really will excuse a lot of behaviors or thought processes that are destructive, Uh that are really like self-centered and self-focused on feelings and things like that. But really the Bible calls us higher Mm -hmm. and the Bible, if it's pretty clear on, think on these things and list it out. And if you claim to be a follower of Christ, like it's going to be for our protection. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. that's, Like, it's got to be for our benefit. So I don't think it's too high of a standard. I think it's right on. And Molly
1: actually mentioned the words for our protection. Do you know that if you don't think about these things, that literally the thoughts that you think about today will build the brain that you will wake up with tomorrow and so, if you don't think on things that are true and right and lovely and excellent and noble and pure and admirable and praiseworthy, then you're actually creating neural pathways in your mind that are destructive and it could actually make you sick. And so, physiologically, it makes us sick. Emotionally, socially, there's all kinds of implications if we don't think about these things. And it's critical that we understand that this is a standard.
0: Right. Because they will you do the will you do the hot, hot butter marble neuropathway example? Yeah, they they say that your
1: brain actually, and if I get started about the brain, oh my gosh, I'm going to be so excited. So your brain is like a three pound mass. And it's like soft butter, but let's just pretend that it's actually like cheese. And if you would get a really, really hot marble and you would drop it on the cheese, then it would create a pathway to the other side of the cheese. And so that's like the pathway of your thoughts. And so then if you would drop another marble down, then it's going to go to that same pathway. And so as we think, we literally shape our brain and that's the pathway that becomes subconscious, the path of least resistance, and that's how we begin to function. Mm-hmm. And if it's not things that are true, right, lovely, excellent, noble, pure, admirable, and praiseworthy, then something is wrong. Now, there's one more criteria that I do want to introduce at this point, and it's Galatians 5, and 23. When we're under pressure, when something is going on in our life, when we're squeezed There are nine fruit of the spirit. And these are the things that we're supposed to function in. And when under pressure, when squeezed, we're supposed to be faithful, gentle, good, full of joy and kindness and love and peace and patience and Mm self-control. And so I love to use the analogy of let's just say Molly and I have secretly had you recorded for the last 72 hours. And somebody has been following you around with the camera and they've recorded everything that you've thought, that you felt and what you've done. And they've only stored the juicy things because we don't want to see the boring things, right? So it's just the juicy things. How many of you would have an absolute fit if you would know that we were going to air those things on television tonight? And what kind of story would be created? One that glorifies Christ or... A story of drama or a story that looks like the world and mm-hmm. so under pressure this is what it's supposed to look like
0: and under pressure meaning like hard circumstances yeah. right or like just like when you're tested or yes. when you're at your limit i think sometimes we need a little bit of context for what does under pressure mm-hmm. mean
1: that's good so the same power that raised jesus from the dead resides in us. When we accepted Christ, we got a hundred percent of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And so now we have to then consecrate ourselves or give him a hundred percent of us. And so we may have ways that we used to respond in the world where now we're being transformed and renewing our mind with the things that we're thinking about. And then as we abide in Jesus, actually Jesus is faithful and gentle and good and full of joy and kindness and love and peace and patience and self-control. So as we abide in Him and as we become like Him, then those things should just come because of what we've been beholding and who we're becoming.
0: Yeah, that's good. And I also, I was reading somewhere about, um, they had this dog. And so I like to think about these two scriptures as like the fence posts, Mm -hmm. but they had this dog that had been like really horribly abused And so they put the dog um, just in the backyard, no fences, no anything. And the dog would just kind of cower in the corner and was terrified because of the things that it had been through. I mean, it would just been like a part of the world, you know, Mm -hmm. and all these things that happened to this dog. And then somehow, like once the owners put up the fence in the backyard, and then the dog would kind of venture out, but stay within the fence post. It was like a brand new dog. It had freedom to play and there was freedom to run and freedom to exist as a dog should exist without the fear, if wow. that makes sense. That's really good. And so so we, we need parameters. Yeah. If we think about these two scriptures being the parameters of the fence that God has given us to, to live in, that's really for our freedom and our benefit. Where we don't have to worry about the, you know, I guess getting hit by a car or Mm-hmm. You know, things happening mm-hmm. like that. That's so good. And our
1: brain is organized for survival and for simplicity. And so, more than likely, as you grew and you developed the brain that you have today, these two scriptures were on the forefront of your mind. So, you didn't pay attention to this is what should manifest because I'm abiding in Christ, or you didn't really pay that much attention to what you're thinking about. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is actually pay attention to what you're thinking about over the next day and week and month and to evaluate it based on these scriptures. And, and it's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of calories actually to think about what we're thinking about, but that's how we know if something's wrong. And once you start thinking about what you're thinking about, you're going to bring the subconscious thoughts to the conscious And then you're going to evaluate them. And then that's the time that you could actually do the things that's necessary and do the work that's necessary to actually change your thought system and your thought processes. And it's actually a beautiful process. So initially, once you learn how to do something, initially, it takes a lot more energy and a lot more calories and a lot more conscious thought. But those actually, after you've been doing them for a while, that will be your default system and your subconscious thoughts and your subconscious behavior that will then replace the old thought patterns. And you literally rewire your brain. It takes 21 days to develop a new neural pathway for a habit. And so it's going to take a little time, but anything that's worthwhile takes a little time and energy. Hmm. So we're talking about a system that we're putting the right practices into place. So eventually it'll become automatic and that system will help you transform the renewing of your mind. And so, So in this system, what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to starve the old pathways. We're going to have to separate from the negative ways of thinking or the opposite of what you're thinking about in Philippians. And we're going to have to separate from behaving in unkind ways or in rash, harsh ways or with impatience. And then we're going to have to prepare and actually feed the new neural pathways of responding in love love and joy, and peace, and patience, and all of those things. And so it's really a beautiful process, and it's not an overnight process, but it is a beautiful process. So Molly, let me ask you these questions. So here is a fruit of the spirit inventory. And so I want you to think about today the behaviors of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then I'm going to read what each of them means, and you and the listeners can then think about Do you do this often, sometimes, or rarely? And so all of us have different challenges with our personalities and the way that we respond. And and the thing is, it's not about personalities. It's about kingdom culture. And if we abide in Jesus, we should then develop all of these in our lives. And so the first one is love. Do you freely give and receive love? Often, sometimes, or rarely? The second one is joy. Are you positive under stress? The next one is peace. Do you manage feelings of stress and an internal sense of well-being? And it's not just that we have peace or that we have love. It's actually the Prince of Peace now is our Savior and the Holy Spirit resides in us and and God so loved and Jesus so loved that he came and now love manifests inside of us. Here's my challenge. And I don't know about you guys or about you, Molly, but patience is the biggest one that I struggle with. It's not impulsive and it has a good frustration tolerance. And so I mm-hmm. think about some of our dreams or aspirations or the things that we like to do. I won it yesterday and just, just abiding in. Patience or doing the thing, the, the thing that I have to do day after day, I have to do today what I can so that I can do something tomorrow that I couldn't do today. And so it's patience in the process that actually builds up the strength and character. And is if, if we abide in Jesus, then we should have patience. And then there's kindness, that's considerate and sensitive, or goodness does good and avoids evil. Faithfulness is trustworthy and dependable. So again, are you trustworthy and dependable often? sometimes or rarely, and then gentleness, mild mannered and approachable. That's, that would probably be the second one that I struggle with the most. And then self-control, self-restraint, and that we're able to manage our desires and our passions in a healthy way. And so those are the fruit of the spirit. And as we abide in Christ, those can develop in us. And, and you guys, as you've gotten to know Molly and, and me and all of us, we all have the stories, but Molly, can you give an example? Oh, about man. the fruit of
0: the fruit of the spirit and how it's developed in you. Oh man, I think if you would have, I like this quiz in particular because you guys, if you can do this now and take an inventory now, then it'll save you a lot of time from when the plane has crashed and you realize mm-hmm. now you're in crisis mode. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, just <laughs> this whole thing, as Doctor Lori said, we started going to the gym, right? after we realized that maybe our clothes shrunk and we've gained a few pounds. And here's the thing, you guys, I have just something about me is I am overconfident with very little actual skills. (laughs) And so I was in kind of this quarantine thing from illness um, a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn how to play the ukulele. And I mean, I set out to think like, I'm really going to do it this time. I've set my mind to it. I had this goal that seems reachable, a lot more reachable than guitar because it's only four strings. (laughs) So I was thinking, I'll learn this in, you know, an hour. And that's how long I gave myself. And then I'm sitting there learning chords and probably about 45 minutes into it when I couldn't immediately do it the best or immediately just pick up a song and start rocking out on the ukulele. I got frustrated and I could recognize that in myself of like, Molly, like, is that a fruit? Like, I mean, I was to the point of almost anger, like Mm -hmm. it's going to be the patience and self-control are the two things that I really, really struggle with. And I was like, is this matching? Is this, um, the thing that's happening inside of me with this much anger is this matching the actual situation? Do mm-hmm. I really need to be this frustrated that I'm not immediately good at the ukulele? And so after you learn these kind of parameters, you'll have little like flags, is what I call them, that go up in my head of like, mm-hmm. hold on, like what is really going on here? And then as we go down, um, as we talk more about like routine and things like that, you'll see what to do with those thoughts. But that's a big red red flag indicator if something isn't right. That's a really, really good example. So what I would recommend and what I did is I actually
1: put the fruit of the spirit in in alphabetical order so that I could memorize those and then I uh, have screenshots of Philippians so that as I go through my day at the end of the day, I need to process and make sure, Everything that I did was through those filters. And then when I miss it, like Molly talked about not being able to learn the ukulele in 45 minutes, then that's a warning light or an indicator that something's going on inside of her. And what is that thing? What does Jesus need to meet inside of us right now in the, in the present with our everyday stuff, not just in the middle of crisis? And, and as we go through life, I love the saying, the game is won before the game has begun. And so we need to do the work on the forefront and looking at the things that we're thinking about and under pressure, what comes out of us as we abide in him. And then not only just accidentally get better, you can't accidentally get better and accidentally change your mind. You literally have to think about what you're thinking about with the thoughts that you're thinking about will shape the brain that you'll have tomorrow. Then as we become purposeful And as we put these systems in place with checks and balances to think about what we're thinking about, and this becomes really personal that we're on this personal transformational journey with Jesus to look like him and to represent him on planet earth, then that actually starts to shape and impact others. And we become a part of a team that's transforming the world, that we look different, that that we're not doing the same things or responding in the same ways. And the external circumstances may be exactly the same, but inside we're different and inside we've disciplined ourselves and we pressed into Jesus to think about the things that we need to be thinking about. And so it's a beautiful, beautiful process that I want to encourage everybody in. And I also want to talk to those who have, who have started this, but then gotten discouraged Or Mm -hmm. haven't done the thing that they needed to do. I think about at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, we were doing five miles six days a week. And so it was no problem to go out and to jog five miles. And it was no problem to exercise. And we were in really, really good shape. And we did that halfway through the pandemic. And then we stopped. And then there are consequences of stopping. And one of my favorite stories is about a team that got together and started training. And they were going to go to the summit. And so they trained for months and months and actually a year. And finally it was time to go to the summit and they, they got their guide and they had all of the best gear and they were in the tip top shape and they jumped in the mountain and they started their trek halfway up the mountain. They saw a tea house. And so I think about the time we were in Nepal and we saw tea houses and it's where you'd go in and you get uh, warm nourishment and drink tea. And so halfway up the mountain, they stopped, they took off their shoes and their socks and they had blisters and they massaged their feet and they warmed themselves up and they ate until their their stomachs were full and they drank as much tea as they could. And and then after an hour of that, a guide the guide comes in that had led them halfway and said, Thank you so much for joining me on this journey. Now I want to introduce you to the guide who's gonna take you to the summit. But the people that had gone in, half of them decided not to continue, that they'd rather sit in the tea house and just drink tea by the fire. And they they found games and they started playing games while only half of them went and put their, their gear back on to go ahead and go towards the summit. And that was fine for an hour or two hours. But after about two and a half hours, there's only so much tea that you can drink and games that you can play that they were actually on that mountain for a purpose and they had just lost their chance for their purpose. Mm. And so I want to encourage us that we are on this planet for a purpose. And that purpose is to know and to be known and to glorify Jesus. And the way that we start to do that every time that we encounter him or anything else or anyone else, it's actually through our brain and the brain that we want to develop is the brain that thinks about the things that he tells us are the parameters or the fence fence lined as Molly talked about, to think about. And then under pressure in this world, when, not if, but when bad things happen, then the fruit of the Spirit needs to come out. And so this is our standard, and this is how we know if something's wrong.
0: That's really good. And I like that you really highlighted the intentionality. And I think a lot of times, just like with playing the ukulele, I'm immediately upset that I'm not... (laughs) extra good at it right Uh in 45 minutes and so if I could just encourage you guys with anything it's just be super intentional with this because it really it really does work and you know biblically speaking like we have the mind of Christ and if the mind of Christ is thinking on these things and is behaving in this way when 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 he's squeezed like that's that's a really it's just a really good parameter and not even just for us but for the people around us I've noticed a lot um, in this walk, I've been walking this out, just some hard things over the past about four years. And as you choose to heal, and as you choose to be really intentional with your thoughts, not only do you develop this sense of peace and we have the fruits of the spirit residing in you, but then you can also look at others from a different lens. And so then whenever someone is having a behavior that isn't in line with the fruit of the spirit, or if they're angry, or if they're anxious, or if they're, you know, just acting crazy, you're able to look at them through a different lens of knowing that this could actually be signaling in them that something's not right Mm -hmm. or that maybe something's wrong. And so then instead of you having to get up under that and behave, you know, back with also something that's not a fruit of the spirit, you can look at them and say, maybe there's something more going on here. Maybe there's a root issue in this. And maybe I could just sit with them and offer the peace that I now have instead of, you know, also adding to the chaos. That's so
1: good. And we know that as we get better, then everybody in our environment get better if they yeah. choose to. And then as Molly talked about, then once we know that something's actually going on and the the what, the behavior that probably would make me mad and I would get under or feed into, then actually, if I can get over it and find out the why, then people can be healed and they too can change their brain. Mm-hmm. They say that if you spend one hour a day for five years, you'll become an expert in something. And so what I want to encourage us with is that if we start this as a daily process in 21 days, we'll start to create a new habit and a new pathway. But 21 days is going to go by regardless. And the next six mm-hmm. months or year or two years or five years is going to go by regardless. And so this could be a beautiful process and a journey. And it's finding Jesus in the journey. And this journey will impact not only our uh, socially, but then how we think, but it'll also impact our physical health. That if we're not gentle and kind inside, it actually affects our genes. There's the little things at the end of your genes that look like erasers and your the erasers pop off, so to speak, and your genes actually shrink and you can actually become sick from not becoming or from not being gentle and kind. And so there's all kinds of physical manifestations from this as well. So with that, Molly and I just wanted to sit down and tell you about how you know if something's wrong from a biblical standpoint.
0: Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Dr. Loy, for your expertise. And so just to kind of sum it up, here's what I'm hearing is that if you're not thinking about what is good and praiseworthy and right and the things that you'll find in Philippians, and if when you're squeezed, the things in Galatians, the fruit of the spirit aren't coming out, when you're under pressure and you're finding that your peace is gone and your joy is gone, then something might be off. And that's not for shame or condemnation, but that's actually a good thing that it can be highlighted, that you can see it. And then as you see it, then you keep listening and we will break down again, the CPR, the connection. The psychoeducation and the routine of how to walk out of this stuck place, it's a great and beautiful process and it'll change everything and it'll even change your brain. And if you change your brain, then you change your life. So thank you guys for listening to Relief from Darkness CPR edition. And so we will talk to you next time. See you next time. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration and Be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.